The Supreme Court rejects 14th Amendment arguments for kicking Trump off the ballot. The Biden administration admits secretly flying 320,000 illegals into the country last year, and some unhinged never-Trumpers want to ruin the lives of people seeking a no-labels third-party candidate. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and hopefully a lot of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the biggest challenges that faces the GOP, or, well, for us, well, who cares about the party, people who want to do what's right through government. Uh, One of the big challenges is imagination, vision casting. Uh, The Democrats are great at this because truth bears no consequence on what they want to do. It bears no um, weight on what they want to say. They will say anything. And they have developed the skill of masquerading as angels of light. Now, those people who spend a lot of time in the Bible are going to recognize that phrase, masquerading as angels of light. And they do this through vision casting and wish casting, and they wish cast for people, and it is so effective. And the stark reality, though, underneath that is just that, reality. The GOP people like us find ourselves in the difficult position of saying to people who believe they're going to get free Maseratis and cake and be able to determine exactly who they are, etc. We are faced with the difficult task of saying, well, but that's not true. Which puts us in the position of denying wishes, of denying dreams, of saying about their wish casting and vision casting, well, that can never happen. We have to be able to offer something, something real in the face of these lies, or we lose. And we don't just lose the country, we lose souls. So what if we go through some of the ways in which the left, largely the left, masquerades as angels of light, and what if we compare it, though, to what we know to be true? What if we get better at this? We're going to try this with the help of our friends at Bulwark Capital Management to knowyourriskradio.com. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Do you remember the invention of the phrase, dreamer? Man, that was good work. That was Barack Hussein Obama, God rest Rush Limbaugh. It was his team who came up with the ultimate wish-casting phrase, dreamers. And, of course, the Mockingbird media glommed onto that like a fly onto honey and began to spread it around. It's such an effective phrase because, of course, who doesn't have dreams, right? We all have dreams. There's dreams of things we want to achieve. And, and as kids, you know, our dreams can be all-encompassing and they can seem so real. Things that we're going to do. You know, and as we age, those dreams change. Things that you want to do became things that you wanted to do. And maybe you tried them and they weren't right for you or you you came up with something else that mattered more to you. But dreams, dreams are sort of a thing we need because for a lot of people, dreams are hope, right? And you remember that Barack Hussein Obama, mm, 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 God rest Rush Limbaugh, ran on hope and change, which is, by the way, a formula. Uh, that has been throughout communism. Hope and change, hope and change. Why? Because they are the things that, that people want. Part of our sin problem is we have a real challenge being okay with what we have. And not just being okay, but being thankful for what we have. I struggle with this. You know, we're blessed with, a, we're blessed with what 99.9% of people in the world would think is a, you know, a beautiful house. On, a, on nice property. And yet I can't shake the house we got screwed out of. I can't shake it. 
And I find myself apologizing for God. I'm thinking about the yellow house again. How is it that I can sit here and think about that when you house me? And in a warm house with a beautiful, you know, set of properties in the backyard or, or you know, mountains in the backyard. How, how can I be ungrateful? So the dreamer phenomena, that was a great sales job. But what was the reality? The reality was we were bringing in working age, fighting age men into this country, many of whom had criminal backgrounds. And we were bringing in kids who were connected to trafficking and sometimes themselves trafficked. I'm not saying the kids were criminals, but trafficked to be brought here and to be further trafficked. That was an effort to create anchor babies. So, hey, my kid's a citizen, so I get to come up. And, and it was an open effort to do that. And there are Democrats who believe they're the good guys who would say, yeah, yep, we did that. You're exactly right. That was our method of getting people out of a horrible circumstance into the United States so that they could enjoy the benefits of the country. Right. But what benefits? Well, the ones that they were taught that they would get. But what is the reality of this? See, when we're confronted with vision casting statements like dreamers, we have to be able to offer something in return. And it starts with the reality. And it starts with being able to speak to the reality. And this is something at which um, Dem- or, pardon me, Republican politicians are uniquely bad. They are uniquely poor communicators when it comes to vision. There's some who rise above, some who can get that done. But it also requires a little bit of imagination. And I think a lot of tapping of the Holy Spirit, I think it must begin with that, to tap the Holy Spirit to speak truth wrapped in grace. So let's start the process with this immigration. Because the Democrats have conquered the position that they're the ones who care, that they're the ones who are angels of light in this. So let's look at some of the developments on the border in the first two years of the figureheads reign and the people who run Joe Biden, what they're doing to the border. And let's see if we can't communicate an alternative to all of this. You know, I, uh, it was late in our relationship that I began to understand our, our biggest dog. We've had two. One recently died, you know, last summer we talked about that. Uh, it was late in our relationship. You know, we've, we've, we've had this dog in the family for, gosh, uh, gosh, seven years or more. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that. And I used to think of her as a dumb dog. You know, cute, lovely, playful, but stupid. And it wasn't until I started to take a lot of solitary hikes with her, which wasn't something I did a lot in Seattle, that I grew to understand that she has an enormous intelligence emotionally. Enormous. And I think she has an intelligence that, that I had not seen in dogs. And I characterize it this way. I've seen it this way manifest itself. When she hears a, a, a noise that's new to her, she looks immediately to me. I mean, we can be on a walk. We can be you know, going up a, a veritable cliffside, and she'll turn around and look at me because she heard a noise. And for a while, I was puzzled. I'd say things like, it's okay, it's okay, keep going. And I finally realized I have to put a name on it. I have to say, and the dog's name is Luna. I have to say, Luna hears guns. Luna hears kids. And because she knows what the phrase hears means. And that calms her down. The second I put a name on it, it's okay. Or likewise, when she sees an animal she's never seen before, first time she saw a, um, a field full of, of, of cattle and a great big bull, she was freaked. And she turned to me and I said, Luna sees cows. And it was okay. Right, I'm just getting to know as well our dogs' um, you know, nutritional deficiencies, and they're, they're 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 pretty vast. You know, we've been feeding our dog dead dog food for a long time uh, because most dog food is dead, and so we started to add rough greens to her meals. And rough greens gives dogs the nutrition that they need but cannot get through the the dog food that we buy in stores. It just can't happen. And you can feed your dog fresh meat all day. 
And that's really great. I mean, that's fantastic protein and fat, and it cannot provide them the nutrition they need. The vitamins and minerals, the probiotics, the enzymes, the omega-3, 6, and 9, the antioxidants, that's all in rough grains. So I want to be a more intelligent dog owner, so I've started to do that. You can try this. Okay, they will, they will send you the product for free. Right? You, the, the, you don't have to pay for the product. You, you cover the shipping, and that's fair because so many people have discovered how good Rough Greens is. They can't afford to go shipping it around everybody for free, but they'll provide you the product for free. So try it with your dog and see the changes. So far for me, Luna's breath smells better and uh, her coat smells better. As I continue to apply this to her food, it's roughgreens.com slash Todd, roughgreens.com slash Todd, T-O-D-D. On immigration and the happenings at the border, here is something that, that the media just ignores. And, well, Fox News covered this. And Fox News is really good on immigration. Uh, they're still not playing the game on immigration, or maybe they are playing the game. Maybe this is part of the game. Maybe this is part of the divide and conquer gang. This is from the Epic Times, Del Rio, Texas. As the number of illegal immigrants flooding across the southern border continues to increase, so does the number of illegal immigrants who die while crossing into the United States or soon after. Customs and Border Protection recorded a total of 880 illegal immigrant deaths in the fiscal 2022, which ended on September 30, 2022. It's the highest number of deaths since data became available in 1998. The second highest number on record was fiscal 2021 with 566 deaths. And they figured this out by filing a Freedom of Information Act request. And the the image If you look at the chart, man, it is dramatic. It is a straight-up line of the people who are dying. The Rio Grande Valley in Texas and Tucson sector in Arizona have traditionally been the most deadly border sectors as the river and summer heat claim the most lives and smugglers leave injured and sick migrants to die, and there we are. It begins with the reality. See, the Democrats have taught people to believe that lack of laws in certain areas is love and compassion. We're not going to enforce immigration laws because it's not compassionate. We need to be able to say the creation of this lawless enterprise of trafficking in human beings has led to situations where these coyotes, these people who make money traipsing people across a desert, Kids included, leave injured people to die of thirst. And during the day, baking to death in the hot sun. And during the night, freezing to death. We want to have an immigration system that is ordered because in order, there is compassion in understanding You may make a 3,000-mile journey. You may pay your life savings to a smuggler. If you come here, we're going to turn you back, and that money will have been wasted. You can instead use the ordered system that will respect you as human beings, that will make certain that your kids are your kids and that no one is trafficking children into this country to be exploited sexually and as as basically slave labor that's we're not going to allow that and so with order we'll bring that and we want something else the countries that these people are fleeing why why are we encouraging the cartel takeover of these countries by allowing people to flee rather than turning and demanding of our neighbors in mexico that they get their house in order Well, I know we've got a lot to do to get our house in order, but why are we not demanding of Mexico? You cannot become a a cartel state. You cannot become a state of narco-terrorists. Mexico has too much. You have too many natural resources, too much energy, too much beauty. You have too many good souls living in your country to allow this to happen. That's why we will partner with you to make sure that on our border, we'll shut down the money-making the cartels do through human trafficking, which is more profitable than drug trafficking, incidentally, because you can only sell drugs once. People consume them and then pee them out. 
but you can sell a human body a hundred times a month or more, a hundred times a week. We stand with people who want to truly protect human beings and that dignity. Now, see, that's not an easy thing for Republicans to say. It's not easy for them to make these comparisons because it requires some imagination. And I think it requires tapping the Holy Spirit. How does the Lord Jesus, how does he view these people? The closer we get to allowing ourselves that compassion, in other words, God's compassion, not ours, the better off we are communicating things like this. The people at Newsbusters point out that no one is really reporting on this except for Fox News. Uh, they, 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 there's many things they'd ever uh, rather cover, such as the marriage of an astronaut, an aged astronaut to a beautiful young woman. They'll report on that rather than this. They'll report on all sorts of, of, of uh, distractions instead of this. The report on NFL football instead of this. And there is Fox News who does report on these encounters. <laughs> Breaking tonight, we've just received the latest Customs and Border Protection numbers on illegal immigration at the southern border. You see the report there, 251,487 migrant encounters in December alone. That makes December the busiest month ever recorded by Customs and Border Patrol. There have now been 717,660 encounters in the first three months of the fiscal year. That does not count so-called gotaways. Gotaways, meaning that they didn't get to catch them and process them and, and arrest them and understand who they are. So the angels of light tell us that borders are cruel that law enforcement on the border is cruel. Well, the reality is something far different. The cruelty is in encouraging, monetizing, allowing, enabling human trafficking. That's the cruelty. Are we willing to say these things? One of the areas where the left is so good at masquerading as angels of light is in schools. Brilliant. They've attached themselves to teachers because people innately like teachers, because many of us are left with great memories of great teachers. And yep, we had some stinkers. There's no doubt. Maybe I'm a, maybe this is one of the list of grievances I keep that the Lord tells me not to keep. But yeah, I had some really bad teachers. And, and yeah, you know what? I extracted some kids' justice. And later, some true, actual, complete, honest, honest justice uh, against a guy who'd been a principal and had no business doing what he was doing. It's abusive. It was abusive what he did. So being through in radio, I had the opportunity to address that. And maybe one day I need to tell that story again because it's a really good story. And it was, it was super meaningful for a, a family who had their kid abused by this, this exact principal all those years later. So they grab the teacher, they grab this phenomena that the the schools, they're the angels of light. But the fact is that that, as we know now through the schools, as I think everybody knows, one of the darkest places in the world right now are schools. And the teachers who are godly, good teachers in those schools, how dark it must be for you to be left alone. And to not have the verbal support from us. Well, here we are offering the verbal support. But let me give an example of how um, this is happening in the schools and how it's being treated in the media. And then I do need to share with you one of the darkest of all stories. And it comes straight out of the angel of light phenomena. Would you release a kid back into the hands of people who would rape her and sex traffic her? Would you do that? A judge did. The system did. This is uh, from from, from, uh, MRC TV, Newsbusters. And it's a scene from CNN. And they write this. CNN's voice of reason, Scott Jennings, displayed amazing patience on Friday's CNN Tonight as he calmly debunked self-righteous senior political correspondent John Avalon, condescending former Ohio State Senator Nina Turner on the issue of what exactly Florida requires of its history curriculum. 
as part of a discussion of Governor Ron DeSantis disallowing AP African-American studies, Avalon declared, well, I think, first of all, what DeSantis is doing with his AP history course is identifying a political tactic they think is a winner for Republicans' base in particular, this war on woke. I think it shows a lot of conversations around free speech really fall apart when it's pushing their own religious agenda. And here's part of this and conversation. anybody that would fix their mouth, to quote my grandmother, to say that chattel slavery was okay, that the enslavement of black people was okay, that, that having separate but unequal was okay, then there is something wrong with them. Number two, Scott, critical race theory is taught in law school. It is not taught in K through 12. However, the point that I was making was about the teaching of African-American history itself, which is America history. And to teach that history, you have to teach the whole of it. You can't just teach one part of it. So it's not about making white children feel inferior. This is about teaching history in the broadest way so that people can gain a deeper understanding. And hopefully through that understanding, things can change. I don't see Governor DeSantis doing away with AP European history or AP world history. I wonder why that is. And we'll get to the rest of the conversation. And it's fun to watch this guy calmly listening. Now, she's trying to be angel of light, but man, that anger is creeping in. I didn't say the devil was good at, well, no, he's really good at, at pretending to be an angel of light. Sometimes the mask cracks. Well, let's pray it cracks more often. You hear the rest of the conversation in a second. One of the hardest things that anybody does is entering a new environment. Man, I remember when, gosh, it was, uh, gosh, almost 10 years ago uh, that I had my first J-O-B in many, many years where I wasn't an owner. And having a J-O-B walking in as an employee of a radio station, oh, new guy, sit down at the desk and, and try not to be noticed or try to be noticed or and yeah, it's not the same as being in junior high where that's all very traumatic, but it's still not, it's still not easy. So let me ask you this. Do you have a sense of nerves, nervousness, or anxiety about going to, uh, to, to uh, drop unwanted fat with soda weight loss? No, honestly. Because I'm talking to the people who've heard this, who've heard me talk about the success of their protocol, that they are patient-centered, right? And they're not turning you into a patient, but they come from patient-centered, evidence-based health delivery to people right? Not the healthcare system, but working one-on-one with people to achieve healthy outcomes, right? And you've heard me talk about this and the folks who've taken off, like me, I, I've taken off in my, in, in my lifetime, 150 pounds of unwanted fat. I've kept that off. I'm right now on a fat loss jihad, right? On my own. And there's no way possible I could not have done this. I could not have maintained the fat loss if I didn't learn from people who know how to do it. But do you have this sense of nerves? What's it going to be like? Right? Is it going to hurt? No, no, no. I get it. Right? Being denied of foods, is that going to hurt? Well, one of the things you'll learn when you go to sodaweightloss.com is you're going to interact with people who are judgment-free. They cheer you on. Right, if there's a bump in the fat loss road, they they deal with this, and they've dealt with it thousands, tens of thousands of times. Now that doesn't mean that they don't view you as an individual; they very much do. But they can talk you through. Hey, you know what? This happens. Sometimes these plateaus happen. Here's some ways to get over these plateaus. If you're experiencing hunger pains, and I didn't until the very, very end of losing about a hundred pounds. If you're experiencing hunger pains, there's so many tricks of the trade that they know, and it'll be unique to your body. I can tell you some that I used. Coconut oil in tea at night is, is a great trick. Um, they'll give you some that work for your body because your body's different than mine. So the experience is this. On a weekly basis, you check in, you weigh in, you talk about how it's gone. You pay attention to the foods they provide you. You eat at the times they tell you to. And if you break protocol, you tell them. And they'll say, hey, here's how to get back on. Now, when that fat is gone from your body, then how much of the anxiousness and nervousness will also be gone? That's the vision I want to present you, is a body that works the way 
you want it to. It's SotaWeightLoss.com. It stands for state-of-the-art because they are S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. So back to this discussion from CNN. And we just got a... Uh, Got a bit of a lecturing here uh, from uh, from from people want us to believe that uh, that that banning what they named AP African American history was just that. That's all it was. And the CNN panel continues. Governor DeSantis needs to focus on governing the state and stay out of education and let the educators educate. So, Scott, if you and other white people got a problem with the whole of American history being taught, then you're the ones that have a problem. This ain't about making anybody feel in fear, but Brown v. Board, Board of Education was just that, about how generations of black children have been made to feel inferior in these United States of America. And it Scott, was let, let me get, on let's, racism let's get and bigotry. Scott back in here. Let's get Scott back here. I want you to respond. What is your reaction, Scott? Yeah, well, Nina, you ought to be very happy with Governor DeSantis because not only is African-American history under Florida law required to be taught to school children, it has actually been expanded during his governorship. This particular class they don't like because of some of the curriculum points they think is in conflict with Florida law, but it is an absolute state requirement in Florida that they teach African-American history, and it's gotten uh, more expansive since he came in. So you sound upset with me, but the fact the way is, he uh, wants Governor to talk, DeSantis, though, Scott, right? I mean, you, you say, you say, the way he wants you to say, talk. no, he's not writing the, the party curriculum. Of free he's not writing the curriculum. Hold on, Nina, excuse me, uh, excuse me, yes, he, he, no one can, no, he's wait, not, no, he's wait, not writing went, the curriculum. Wait, excuse me, excuse I'm just me. telling you the facts. Uh, hello, Television 101, no one can hear you when you talk over each other. So let's just go back to, I want to hear your response, Scott, and I'll allow you to speak. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'll just wrap up and say, you know, the governor of the state is not writing the curriculum. I'm just telling you the facts. School children learn African-American history in Florida and it's gotten more expansive on his watch. So you say you want it taught. It is being taught. I think you're upset about this class. But holistically speaking, they're getting a really good education in Florida about African-American history in the United States. Great job. Fantastic job. And staying calm works. One thing I would suggest in that is recognize her pain. Now, that's tough because it gives her an opening to come back. But there's a way to do that on TV, and it would be this. You know, Nina, I, I man, I just sense so much pain from you. Um, and, and I would really one day be privileged. It would be a privilege for me to sit and chat with you when we're not on TV with this short time, you know, this, this short time windows. I, it would be a privilege for me to understand that better. I would just say this. It is being taught. And then go into that, that pitch that he made. And it was a very, very effective pitch that he did. Now, when she says that critical race theory is only taught in college, this is a, such a fantastic dodge. This is such a brilliant dodge that they use. And again, it goes back to masquerading as angel of light. And remember that Satan was a liar from the beginning, the father of lies. Critical race theory, the theory itself is in fact taught in college and graduate school to inform teachers how to use it to grade school kids. Yeah, they don't go and teach critical theory, which is, as you know, a Marx-based theory. It's simply a haves versus have-nots recast as race. The reason they had the recasted as race in the United States is because black people achieve a lot here. Now, if Democrats would get out of the way with their pretending to be angels of light saying, hey, here's welfare. Hey, here is, here's income you didn't earn. Hey, here's the fact that only Hillary Clinton can save you. Only this, this, this morally decrepit old white woman can save you. There'd be a lot more achievement. But the theory is used to inform the minds of the people who get down into the classroom and use techniques of dividing based upon race because race can't change, but incomes do, right? Back to this. And so confronting things like that also requires some blank truth-telling on an emotional basis. And it requires, again, I think, tapping the Holy Spirit. Does the Lord Jesus want us at each other's throats? No. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Pray for thy enemies. 
And so in a circumstance like that, how much more effective is it to inform, to, to bring God's word into this? And the reason I say that is God's word will not return void. That is such a powerful statement. God's word will not return void. So if you're in a setting like that and you're discussing something like that with people and you invoke the word of God, it's going to touch someone because God tells us this. So in a circumstance like that, you can also go to this. You're correct that critical race theory, which is just that a a theory, a Marxist theory, is only taught in college but it is then brought into the classroom by people who've been educated to believe that the right thing to do is to turn neighbor against neighbor. And Nina, with this pain I see you expressing, I do see this. I ask you, what is solved in a classroom where we teach black kids that the white kid across from them is oppressing them? that a five-year-old white kid is oppressing a five-year-old black kid, what is gained by turning neighbor against neighbor? How does that help? How is it then instead that we do not foster the love of the neighbor for thyself? Or love as the neighbor, loving the neighbor as you love thyself. How do we not do this? The angel of light is creating hate as a virtue. That's the masquerade. Isn't that a phenomenal turn that he is able to do that? He can't invent. He can't create. He can only twist, but man, can he twist. Heads up. The next story is pretty tough to listen to, and it goes straight into the biggest masquerade of the angel of life that I think exists right now in this country and in this world. And this time, it is a very personal discussion about a 14-year-old girl. She was found being sexually assaulted in another state. A judge kept her from her loving parents because they questioned her so-called transgender identity. Then she was trafficked again. It's by Laura Bryant Hanford at the Federalist. We'll get to that in the ultimate masquerade of his angel of light. <laughs> it's coming out of church of the day. My brother Chris um, has been in our discipleship group for a long time, recently got himself a gig. So he's no, we don't get to see him as much. But man, such a thoughtful man. And you know, it's, it's a very much a North Idaho man. Uh, there is a type of guy, and I don't, I don't, I was trying to call, I don't think Chris lived here his whole life, but you know, we have men here who are one part tough, right? Just the sort of guys, you know, firefighters and, and construction guys and, you know, veterans who could break you over their knee should they need to, but such, such soft and caring men. And Chris is one of those brothers. <laughs> so coming out of church and yeah, I took my coffee cup in the church. And so it's one of the big 12 ounces, one of my favorite mugs. I so wish my little coffee hut could serve bone frog because it happens they sell the greatest coffee. I think I'm supposed to call this a tumbler, right? So I had that. I'm coming out of church and Chris comes up and we're chatting and he says, hey, is that bone frog? He's testing me right away. I said, yeah, it's bone. And actually I, I stopped for a second. Wait, is this bone? Of course it's bone frog. I don't drink anything else. So I told him that. I love it when a brother keeps a brother honest. Love that. So yeah, I do take Bonefrog coffee on the go, and and why wouldn't I? At bonefrog.us, if you're new to the program, would you check that website out? And here's a way to start is with the story. Okay, uh, Tim Tim Cruikshank, the founder and CEO of Bonefrog, 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL, he tells the story. There's a brief interview on that website that I did with Tim, so we interact and I learn about the story. The story is key to this because you're making a decision to try coffee that's made by Navy SEAL. No, it's not. It's made by experts in coffee. It's made here, right? And it is stellar in terms of product. So dig the story, understand the God Country Team slogan, but it's not a slogan. It's actually a vision statement. It's a principle statement. They live by this. They hire vets. They work with veteran-owned enterprises whenever they can, and then try the coffee, As you drink it, I want you to picture something. You drink the coffee. If you love the coffee, keep purchasing the coffee. 
but know this. Every sip, 10%, in fact, I'm having some now. Every sip, 10% of the proceeds go to help the families of fallen Navy SEALs. And incidentally, if you're curious, this morning I am drinking the Door Kicker Blend, the highest caffeinated blend they have. It's a light roast, but man, it's a heavy kick. It's bonefrog.us. Please make sure you use .us, bonefrog.us. This is from Laura Bryant Hanford's piece at The Federalist. In August 2021, by concealing a teen's newly asserted so-called transgender identity from her parents, Virginia Appomattox County High School participated in a chain of events that led to the girl falling into the hands of sexual predators not once but twice. When the FBI found Sage, last name of the family withheld for privacy, in Maryland, where she was victimized by a sexual predator. A judge refused to return her to her parents on the grounds that they were abusing her and not affirming her as a male. Housed in the boys' quarters of a children's home away from her parents, she told her mother she was assaulted again. The girl soon fled then was brutally sex-trafficked again until her rescue by Texas law enforcement. Sage's Law, or the Child Protection Act, is being introduced this week in the Virginia House of Delegates by Delegate Dave LaRock in honor of his young teen from Appom- of this young teen from Appomattox County, Virginia. Sage hopes sharing her story will help protect others from the abuse she suffered at the hands of predators precipitated in part by the very institutions that should have protected her. School policies and state laws that encourage concealing information from parents purport to protect to uh, purport to protect vulnerable minors. In practice, as tragically demonstrated by Sage's case, such policies open the door to predators by removing children from their greatest protection of their lives. Sage's law aims to shut that door in three ways. It will require schools to notify parents if their kids assert a gender different from his or her sex it prevents school counselors from withholding or encouraging minors to withhold information about a child's gender identity and it clarifies that raising a child according to his or her biological sex including decisions about a child's mental and physical health may not be construed as abuse now the background on this says is slight Pretty 15-year-old girl with um, elfin features and an edgy style recently reflecting on her so-called transgender identification. She told her mom, I don't know who I was. I'm a totally different person now. I never was a boy. Everybody was doing it. I just wanted to have friends. The self-reflection is consistent with research showing that upwards of 80% of gender dysphoric children embrace their sex as they emerge from puberty. Children who are affirmed are the opposite, though particularly if puberty blockers are given to them. They consistently go further in the medicalization. We know these things. Here's the understory to this. There is often a reason beyond social pressure, beyond this contagion that the media is driving as angels of light, that kids respond with pretending to be the opposite sex. And so often that is because they have been raped or sexually exploited, or molested, even by friends, so-called. The identity is protection. A male is less likely to get raped, goes the logic. For boys, being drawn into this madness by these angels of light, if they can pretend to be women, well, in the porn culture, women are always wanted. Women are always desired. Why take the risk of being a boy that may never achieve the strong masculine status that you see in porn, so-called masculine status, when you instead can be a, you'll forgive the language, S-L-U-T, and be universally desired, angels of light, kids who they truly are. There is a reason 
that God wanted us to have multi-generational homes, families. It's this. Every grandma reached a point where she did not like her body. Every woman does. Every man, even our grandpas, had the one that got away or didn't feel sufficient as a male at some point in their life. Someone was stronger, better, faster, better looking. Sharing these stories. Sharing them openly. And then being secure in who we are and that we're created in the image of the creator. How powerful is that taught to kids from the very, very beginning? God counted the hairs on your head. Before mom and dad got to work with God in bringing you to birth, God counted the hairs on your head. He counted the dimples on your cheek. He counted for you a plan he has for you. And that plan does not mean there's not going to be struggles. There's going to be. But the struggles are part of the growth. And God will walk with you through them. He won't handle them for you. But he'll walk with you. And likewise, on a public basis, how is it so hard? Well, this is a self-answered question. Many of them are purchased by pharma. A lot of Republicans are owned by pharma. But those who aren't owned by pharma can simply communicate that time in that crucial decision that a child makes at a crucial age, at an age where everything can feel like it's falling apart because in some ways everything is. What you have been is going away. You'd been a girl who could run fast and jump high. Now your body betrays you. You'd been just a boy like any other boy, but now some boys have muscles and they've got hair on their chest and and they're growing tall and they've got low voices and you don't. At that crucial moment, who best to guide but parents and grandparents? What best course to take? Permanent intervention that cannot be reversed or instead attempting to go through the fire like Daniel did with the Holy Spirit at our side to help us walk through the fire and to survive it. They masquerade as angels of light, but they're inserting into these kids darkness that lasts forever. And Democrat bosses, you are not the good guys. Anyone peddling this to kids, you are not the good guys. There is a, 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 a show, it's called The Whale. And I have no interest in watching it. It is a phenomenon, though. And it's very popular. Um, this, the, the show The Whale is about a guy who is, his name is Charlie. He's an obese English professor. And so he's resigned himself to being a shut-in, an incel, as it were. And he's played by this actor named Brendan Fraser. And I think I know him. He was in like goofy comedies or something. And apparently he won some uh, prestigious award, a Critics' Choice Award. I don't know what that is. Uh, but he is a, a, a truly tragic character, a shut-in. And the, the, the story is so dark and so bad that this guy spends his time in his home in self-gratification to uh, same-sex pornography and it's meant to be a tragic story. Someone does come and try to rescue him, but it's almost like a Moby Dick tale. These rules can feel constraining, but remember, the point of this course is to learn how to write clearly. And That's Charlie speaking to students, Think but he doesn't that. allow a Think camera. about the truth of your argument. You're an amazing person, Ellie. I couldn't ask for a more incredible daughter. Are you actually trying to parent me right now? Who would want me to be a part of their life? You don't stay in touch with mom? She really only tells me things about you. Why? Because that's all I want to know about. Why'd you gain all that weight? Someone close to me passed away, and it had an effect on me. You haven't seen her since she was eight years old, and you're going to reconnect with her? Sorry. I don't like this. This isn't a good idea. 
I'm sorry. You say you're sorry one more time, I will shove a knife right into you, I swear to God. Go ahead, what's it gonna do? My internal organs are two feet in at least. <laughs> Why do you suddenly need to see her so bad? Why now? Liz. I'm worried that she's forgotten what an amazing person she is. So there's this hope and there's this beauty and there's this reaching out to his daughter. And that's a very beautiful tale. And then there's the utter darkness of who this man is and what he's done to himself. And the incel inside looking at same-sex porn as he tries to reconnect with his daughter, which is going to make that very, very difficult because you're divorcing yourself from God. You're putting a barrier between you and God. But in our society, the weight that he's put on that is, in fact, the weight of depression and the weight of of shame uh, and the weight of self-hatred and the weight of self-abuse and all of this is wrapped around him. The angels of light have a new pitch. That's healthy. The angels of light have a new way to describe this, that that's fitness, that modern fitness is being radically, horribly obese in a way that if this guy does reconnect with his daughter and the story's beginning to end well, he dies from a heart attack or a stroke. Even there, it goes back to this masquerade, but how much of this is tied to who we're meant to be? A distortion of the body in size and health, in gender, a distortion of the mind, the soul, teaching hatred as love, a distortion of the facts of compassion. Loving thy neighbor is not setting up a circumstance where thy neighbor is trafficked across our border and then trafficked in our country. None of these things are love. That's why it's a masquerade. It's our job to confront the masquerade. And it extends. It extends now into lies. And, well, masquerading is a lie. But it extends into comic levels of lies. I don't think I can do a program about masquerading as angels of light if I don't have something here about COVID. This is from Canada. From CBC Calgary, guess what exists now? It's a season. Yeah, it's a season of the year. This according to CBC Calgary. Remember, tell us more about that study. Yeah, so the researchers looked at health records of all Albertans, so about 4 million people over 10 flu seasons and they found that about for about six months after you get your flu shot the risk of having a stroke is reduced by about 20 percent overall compared to if you didn't get a flu shot and your risk goes down even if you don't have the the sort of typical stroke risk factors like being over 50 or, or smoking things like that even for younger folks the risk is lower if you get a flu shot. And it's even lower if everybody gets their flu shots year after year after year, rather than just a, a single flu shot. I'm hearing a theme here. We should get our flu shot. Remember, They're calling it stroke season. <laughs> Winter is now stroke season. It's been through healthcare that the biggest masquerade has existed. And incidentally, this study, this 10-year study, I'll sit back, I'll read it, and I'm going to tell you what's going to come out of it. It's going to be causation doesn't exist. Correlation, maybe. But we'll wait and see. But there's no stroke season. And that masquerade, well, angel of light stuff. Our battle in this 2023 is against people who have seized the position where they can say, we are the angels of light. Our battle is to out them, but to also communicate far better from them in wish casting. What if, instead of relying on pills and injections, what if we went straight to the source of health? What if we went straight to what God made? What if we realized and remembered that the less able you are to tell how something was made, the less likely you should be to eat it? Now think of this. 
Think of the Garden of Eden. Right? Think of the way God designed food. Hey, look at that hanging from that tree. That's not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'll eat that. I can tell what that is. I can tell how God made it. So much of these angels of light and health would be unneeded if we would simply remind ourselves, and I'm the biggest criminal on this. There was a reason I had 150 pounds of unwanted fat in my body. If you can look at something and say, apple, orange, fish, meat, egg, lettuce, the closer you are to being able to say what something is, where it came from, that's milk, that came from a cow. The less processed it is, the closer it is to the way God presented it in the garden. We were designed for perfection. We weren't designed for brokenness. And the keys to returning to perfection are right in front of us. And it begins with understanding the masquerade that the left, largely, has created around being angels of light, encountering it as we've talked about today. Coming up next hour on the Todd Herman Show, I did an experiment. I decided to read the news as someone who's just an interested observer. I just browsed news and simply took notes. It's a weird experiment. I hope it's okay with you. Thank you, God, for not masquerading, for always being truthful, for never changing. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and walk in the light. How much do you spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 